0: The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market podcast, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's episode, stem cell therapy, or regenerative medicine, is one of the most interesting ways to promote the response of diseased or injured tissues. Find out the latest information on today's episode. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around town. But first up, we're joined today by another prominent physician when it comes to alternative medicine. Dr. Alan Sosson is the founder and medical director of the Institute for Progressive Medicine. He's been practicing medicine for over 40 years. His institute treats people of all ages through comprehensive state-of-the-art new medicine techniques, and we welcome him back to the Mother's Podcast. Dr. Sassen, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, Kim. How are you doing?
0: Great. It's great to have you here. So today we're talking about the latest in stem cell therapy. And so, Dr. Sassen, what are stem cells?
1: Stem cells are baby cells. So they have not yet developed into what are called differentiated cells, which would be the cells that work the heart, the cells that are in the lungs, the cells that are in the kidneys, the cells that are in the liver. Those are all differentiated cells that have certain functions but they all come from stem cells everything starts with a primordial cell that doesn't have any particular job of its own but develops it reproduces and it turns into more cells and those cells eventually by some mysterious way you know it's just like wow how does this happen turns into a living thinking being And all the different parts of the body have their functions and do that. But the stem cell is the beginning of it. And we all have stem cells in our bodies now, even though we have differentiated cells mostly. That's what we think about. My brain cells are differentiated neurons. But we also have stem cells that have not been differentiated in all parts of the body, and they also circulate in the bloodstream. So we're loaded with cells that we can use at some point to help develop new cells in the body to provide improvement in function or support function
0: so um what are they being used for the stem cells
1: well they're basically at this point being used for anything that doesn't have an answer because it's it's a developing modality It's, it's a lot of research going on with that i mean stem cells have been used a lot in cancer therapy like a person has leukemia and they're going to be getting high doses of chemotherapy that's gonna wipe out the bone marrow and these people would die without stem cells. So the stem cells are extracted from the patient before the chemotherapy and given back to the patient after the chemotherapy is given and it reconstitutes an immune system. So you can cure the cancer and keep the patient by doing that. So that's one of the marvelous ways and that's been around for a long time. The things that are being done now are, are somewhat different. I know of um, neurologic diseases are, being treated with stem cell therapy. Uh, we have someone we treated a year or two ago who had very advanced Parkinson's disease for which the drugs are not so great. And he was given intravenous stem cells in our office and along with a number of other things that were done nutritionally, physical exercise, et cetera, but his Parkinson's medications, which were not working very well, were not changed. But he got markedly better. He was able to get up out of a wheelchair and walk. He was able to get into and out of an automobile, which he couldn't do before. So it was a very, very dramatic improvement in a disease that does not improve. So that was, you know, interesting to me. And uh, something I read a few days ago, and I think out of the Mayo Clinic, there was a, they have some research going on with spinal cord injuries. And one person who fractured his neck in a surfing accident, um, was paralyzed from the neck down. And they did surgery, and they you know, tried to fix that part, and he did have some improvement for a few months. And then he stopped improving, so he was in a wheelchair. He couldn't walk. He couldn't do stuff. He couldn't feel things very well. And then he got uh, his own stem cells, which is called autologous. So they extracted from basically the fat of your abdomen. So you think about fat as being something that's not good for you. In this case, you need it. And that supplies the basis of the stem cells. And he received that into his spinal canal and had progressive recovery over the next nine months. Wow. So he was able to walk. He was able to feel. He had a far better function than he had before, which would not have occurred because it's known that after a certain period of time, spinal cord injuries don't get better. Mm. You've got a few months and that's going to be it. So that was dramatic. And I know they're working with other patients, and you wonder, well, who is this going to work for and who isn't it going to work for? And then there's these questions. Well, how about is there a certain age where it's not going to work anymore? Uh, does it depend on nutrition? Does it depend on the person being on drugs like steroids? And I would say all of those things have an, would have an impact on it, although I can't prove it. But we know that steroids uh, impair the healing process. You know, People get steroid injections into their joints all the time, and their pain gets better. So the steroids are reducing the inflammation that's in the spot, but they don't heal anything. And in fact, those tissues tend to break down more with the steroids than without the steroids. So there's things like that. I think people who are smokers, not good. I wouldn't be doing stem cells in someone who was still a smoker. I don't think, I think it's just not not a good idea. And someone who's drinking alcohol a lot, I would stay away from that also, because that impairs total body function. Recovery is not going to be the same. So we want people on a good diet. I don't care how old they are. We've done stem cell work in people who are 85 years old and still gotten results.
0: And that's so interesting. You mentioned something uh, going back. It's called autologous, and that's when you, you harvest your own stem cells. But you can also, can you be a stem cell donor for others? Is that how that works?
1: Well, what's being done... At this point, you can't really be a stem cell donor for others and probably wouldn't be a good idea anyway. I think the best way to do it is to take what the person himself or herself has and use that because there's not going to be any reaction. Mm. You're giving yourself your own cells, so there can't be an immune reaction to it. It doesn't happen. If it's coming from somewhere else and folks have used umbilical cord cells from other places, they've used amniotic tissues, which we have used on occasion, um, but you're getting it from somewhere else, and can you be absolutely certain there isn't going to be something in those cells or tissues that's not going to be damaging to the person, and you don't know for sure. You can't, you can't know for sure. Uh, amniotic tissue, interestingly, is not stem cells. Hmm. It's growth factors. So they're extracting the tissue from the placenta, the amniotic part of the placenta, and there's a lot of growth factors in there, and you can use those to do injections, and they're effective. You know, you can heal a torn meniscus, you can heal a torn muscle, you can you know, do a lot with, the, with those items. So I think it's, it can be quite useful. I don't know that it's as good as a person's own stem cells, like this spinal cord individual who was getting progressive improvements for nine months. He's gotta have living cells reproducing for nine months for that to happen. And the other, these other cells, amniotic tissues, is not cells, it's, it's, it's growth factors, they don't reproduce.
0: That's interesting. I didn't realize that. Thank you for explaining that. Um, how do you how do you harvest stem cells?
1: Well, you uh, have the person lie on a nice clean table, and you clean off the area so it's as sterile as you can get it. And then you make a little hole and put a cannula in that. A cannula is a very thin tube, and There's a syringe connected to the cannula that contains a combination of lidocaine, which is what the dentist used to numb your teeth, uh, and epinephrine, which reduces bleeding. These are in very small amounts, but that's injected throughout the area where the adipose tissue was harvested, and you break it down with multiple penetrations with this cannula, which is about six inches long, so it's going in and out, in and out, many, many, many times. It takes about us 15, 20 minutes to break things down in there. So all the fat that has been penetrated is now broken into tiny little pieces of fat. Mm. And then that's extracted through a different cannula, but they're very small holes. So you need the fat to be tiny to get into those holes into another syringe. So we take out about 20 to 40 to 50 cc's of fat, which is less than two ounces. It's not a lot. It's not like having liposuction, you know, where you lose two pounds. Darn it. Yeah, this is <laughs> just, a, just a little bit is all we need, but we can get... 50 to 150 million cells out of that small amount. Wow. And that's what we process in a centrifuge. You separate the stem cells from the fat itself, and you combine that with platelet-rich plasma, which comes from the same patient. Platelets also have many growth factors in them. Hmm. Platelets are really important in our bodies. It's not just to heal cuts, but it heals a lot of problems. So you combine the platelets with the stem cells, and that combination is, is what's given by injection, into whatever you're treating. So, I had stem cells myself a week ago. Oh, really? Yeah, we did both knees and both shoulders. It if wasn't a, <laughs> it wasn't a complete job. Some of these were just touch-ups. I had one shoulder that was done with six or seven injections. The other parts were just focused on areas that we knew had the major problem. So, I wasn't really disabled by it at all. And I you know, I haven't required any pain meds or anything like that. Uh, and I'm expecting to have you know some rejuvenation of my joints because I like to swim and I want to be able to keep swimming.
0: So that's a, a question I wanted to ask you about your recovery from that and what that looks like, and then also, and you kind of answered that. But um, so for people that have arthritis, um, stem cell is a is an option. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. That's great. You can do knees, you can do hips, you can do lower backs, you can do necks, shoulders, elbows, thumbs, any part of the body that can be reached with a needle can be treated.
0: What about migraine patients?
1: Sometimes, yes.
0: And when you mention the neck, that's interesting. Yeah. So um, what are some other sources for um, stem cell therapy? I guess we kind of just covered that a little bit, I guess, but sources.
1: um, Yeah, well, there's um, something somewhat new that's come out called exosomes, which is actually a particle of a cell that contains factors in it that promote growth. So some folks have used these exosomes to do injections with and I don't know what the results are. Mm. You know, I haven't seen any research. That's one of the problems with this whole field, is that there are zero controlled studies. Everybody has his own control. Mm. So if you give me stem cells and I'm better, I'm my own control. You know, There's no controlled study. I got better, and I'm happy I did it. <laughs> know, but I can't say we took 500 people, and half of them got stem cells, and half of them didn't, and the stem cell people got better than the others. There is no study like that. So everything that's being done is kind of anecdotal. But the other side of it is, you know, do you want a knee replacement? or would you rather? Right. <laughs> how long
0: does it last when you get stem cell therapy? We don't know. Okay, that's... You nice. know, I, I
1: think that depends a lot on, on re, the re, recuperation and how you handle your body. You know, why does a joint break down? Well, some of it is the formation of it wasn't right. Like one person has a, one hip goes and the other hip doesn't go. Why is that? Well, either because his posture is screwed up or because the hip joint itself, when it was formed, was irregular. It's not a totally round joint. Maybe it's a little bit crooked here and there. So the ends rubbing on each other tended to break down that joint over 60 years. Mm. So those are the kinds of things. There can be a, an injury that does that. Um, but I think if you have a good recuperation program or rehab program and you get involved with some sort of postural training, you know, think people do Pilates, people do... Yoga, people do things that maintain their mobility and their balance. Uh, the likelihood of success is going to be much greater. It just has to be. Because mm-hmm. what happens to people as they get older? they get stiff. right. You know the posture's no good. They're bent over. One shoulder's higher than the other, one hip's higher than the other. Everything's bent out of shape and you see them walking down and you see saying, "Wow, you know mm-hmm. when's this person going to get a new hip?" But <laughs> right. Those people ought to be you know going into the right kind of physical therapy, postural training, they should all do stretching. You know, I do stretching every day because if you don't, know, you're going to get stiff. It just, that's just the way it is. And so some people say, well, I work out with weights. You know, I don't have to do that. Well, you have to do it more. Because you, know, you more work out, you out you with weights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. you right. got to get there. Stretching is stretching. It isn't anything else.
0: Right, right. But that's a good thing to keep in mind for the elderly as well, just, you know, something before you walk around or whatever. But yeah, as we get older. Are, they, um, are the stem cells FDA approved?
1: No, but they're not disapproved. So it's, a, it's something that's allowed to be done, and you can do it. Then you don't get penalized for doing it. Um, down the road, there may be, again, if we ever have these controlled clinical trials, and it shows, you know, 200 people didn't have to get new hips because they had stem cells, and the other 200 did have to get new hips, well, then the FDA would say, yes, we approve it for this condition. You know, but I don't know when that's going to happen. Insurances are not paying for stem cell treatments, so you can't expect your insurance company to, to handle it for you. So who's going to pay?
0: How much does it cost, um, roughly?
1: Depends what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, a hip or a knee is about 6000 which includes everything. So that's the extraction and the processing. It includes the ultrasound studies that we do because we we don't go blind into areas. We always know where we're Injecting, we want to see the needle go into the tissue so we know that it's going into the right spot. You can see the damage of the tissue on an ultrasound. Hmm. So you're injecting that, and uh, several spots usually in the same joint. So if we do a knee, it's usually going to be five or six or seven locations. It's not just put into the knee joint and you expect the cells are going to go everywhere they need to go. I, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people still doing stem cell therapies without any guidance uh, with ultrasound, for instance. And uh, I would not do it that way.
0: What about um, the risks of stem cell therapy?
1: Well, the risk of any injection basically is injection is infection or bleeding. Hmm. Um, and that could be with whatever you do, an operation, a procedure, whatever. We haven't had any of that yet. And it's been four and a half years or so that we've been doing these. Uh, and I've been doing prolotherapy injections and ozone injections for longer than that and just haven't seen infection. I think if you're very, very careful and the patient's skin is clean properly and your materials are sterile, infection is rare.
0: Um, So interesting. Uh, We have to take a quick break, but more from Dr. Sawson when we return. Stay with us. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value.
1: and Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages the first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on own the stage buy Solaray at Mother's Market today
0: welcome back to the Mother's Market podcast And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for podcast and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Sassen, And we're talking about the latest information on stem cell therapy, and it's been so very interesting. How do you use them? How are other ways you can use the stem cell therapy?
1: Well, one of the more investigational routes is intravenously. And there's, you know, even less data on that. But I had a patient with a heart condition whose heart was damaged by radiation therapy many years ago that he got for treatment for lymphoma in the Mm -hmm. chest. And he went into heart failure um and he's you know he had that for a number of years he didn't want to get a heart transplant which was offered to him and he was on the medications uh, and he said what else can i do so he had intravenous stem cells given to him um, by someone i referred him to five different times over the course of about three years and he was able to maintain his cardiac function so there was no loss he didn't you know recover become a didn't become a normal heart but he was able to have a a functioning heart that did not make him disabled that whole period of time so it worked for him he ultimately died from a different kind of problem so he's not around anymore mm-hmm. but the cardiac effect was quite beneficial
0: mm-hmm. and so you my next question is do they work and i I'm, i suppose everybody's different but from the ones that you've treated you've treated you know you've been treated um, what would you say to that
1: yeah well the parkinson's patient i mentioned to you before has done extremely well. Uh, We have someone we treated with intravenous stem cells for chronic lung disease, which is one of the indications doctors have used to give intravenous stem cells. Because one of the places they'll go, you're giving them intravenously. And one of the first places those cells will circulate through will be the lungs. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them will get trapped in the lungs and maybe hopefully grow there and build some new lung tissue. So this one fellow we treated a year or two ago is coming back in another month or two to get a second infusion because he responded to the first, mm. so that's uh, you know that's a good indicator.
0: So my brother and sister-in-law, uh, their daughter, my niece, uh, is 13 and she has cerebral palsy, and um, they really have been considering stem cell therapy. Uh, Would you? You say? know,
1: and to me, it's 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 a reasonable thing because what else do you have? Right. You know, as exactly. long as the procedure itself is safe. And done by people who who know what they're doing, I think it's it's reasonable. You you, you want to do something, mm-hmm. you know what's happening here. Most people with a lot of these diseases are getting worse. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know of someone Alzheimer's has not responded. I know of someone who has done multiple brain surgeries, injecting stem cells into the brain tissue uh, that questionable effects.
0: That's interesting, you you know, know, that's and,
1: and that's a riskier deal opening up the brain to put t- tissue in there. Uh, but that has been done because neurologic problems are extremely difficult. People with ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, we have no treatment for that. There is no drug that works. There's no surgery that works. All of the treatment that exists is supportive, and people have, you know, it's ultimately a fatal a fatal disease, mm-hmm. and stem cells have not thus far been shown to work for that but what if sometime someday they do what if someone figures out well we can do this with stem cells we can change them and train them in a certain way so they will rehabilitate nervous tissue and we can cure people with ALS that would be wow. amazing that would That'd be incredible be
0: yeah what uh, is there a certain age where people can get stem cell treatment
1: uh, we don't consider an age cutoff. As I mentioned, I think nutrition is far more important and what drugs the person is on is far more important. So it, there's no age cutoff for us. So I would, I would treat someone who is 60, 70, 80. We haven't treated any 90 year olds, but you know, as long as that person is in basically good health and not taking a lot of negative medications, I would treat
0: And what about on the other side of the spectrum, the kids, children?
1: We haven't done children.
0: So as long as they're an adult and then up to, yeah. possibly 80. But there's adults. probably
1: folks out there who treat children, and, and I, I think you know if you have a a disease that can't be fixed, mm-hmm. you, you want to do something. Right. If you can do something that's not dangerous. Do it.
0: Um, are there? Is there an age when the stem cells lose their potency?
1: The studies I've seen say no. I mean, there's different sources of stem cells from the same individual. There's adipose derived tissue. This is what we use. There's bone marrow-derived tissue as well, which a lot of other places use. Uh, but from from my reading, you get a larger number of stem cells from adipose tissue than you do from bone marrow. Hmm. And the cells coming from bone marrow uh, don't work for as many, they're not viably effective for as many years as fat tissue. So fat tissue is the source that we use.
0: The fat tissue. Um, you kind of talked a little bit about the neurological diseases, the ALS, uh, Alzheimer's, not necessarily responding yet, dot, dot, dot. What about uh, spinal cord injuries? You, um, well, that's that to, that's your, the fabulous, radiation.
1: dramatic case of this guy who was not mm. going to get better and did. Mm. And what was really interesting to me is that he continued to improve for nine full months after the procedure. So he started to get better and got better and got better and got better. He didn't stop getting better.
0: It was something else. For nine months.
1: So the stem cells were still working nine months later.
0: Mm, That's amazing. Uh, Is there any new research regarding stem cell therapy? A
1: lot. There's a lot of research being done. There are many medical centers, university places. They've been working on stem cells for eye rejuvenation. There's a lot of people with retinal problems, with blindness, macular degeneration. You know, all of these areas would be really nice to be able to use stem cells for as yet it has hasn't panned out but this is these are research areas
0: so how long um, does has the research been uh, going on and what you know what are they what are the predictions and, and the forecast for the future for for this to take place and perhaps be fda yeah. approved, approved.
1: Yeah. i know the research is not going to stop because people don't stop doing research and the stem cells is such a nice attractive area since you're taking the body's own tissue to treat the body. Mm-hmm. You know, it eliminates most of the adverse effects that could occur. So basically it's either gonna work or it's not gonna work. But it should be relatively easy to do. Uh, so I don't think that's gonna stop. I you know, I'm not on top of all the research that's being done. I've you know read things from different universities and the Le Mayo Clinic is working on spinal cord injuries. I'm sure many other places are working on spinal cord injuries, because that's a really common problem for which uh, treatments are not so great. So that's going to continue. There's kidney disease. We gave some uh, stem cells to someone with uh, kidney failure, not yet on dialysis, a few weeks ago. I don't know what that's going to do. I read some research saying that, well, maybe this would be a beneficial thing. Mm. Why not try it? And he was willing. You know, I told him, I don't know what's going to happen, but this is something you can do. It's either going to work or not work. And if it does work, wow! Yeah, you know, amazing. That that would be a wow, right? It really would.
0: (laughs) I know. As we're looking for the cures for all kinds of diseases out there, Uh, cancers and and all of that, um, all of the above. What are some of the criticisms from stem cell therapy?
1: Well, some folks who I think probably should know better say it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had patients coming and say, "Well, my orthopedist told me stem cells don't work." I say, well, has he worked with them? You know, has he used them? Does he know how to do them? You know, and what results has he seen? Because, again, it depends on who's doing the procedure. What are are their techniques? Are they using ultrasound for their injections? You know, how good is it? So technically, if it's suboptimal, the result is going to be suboptimal. And people may say, well, stem cells don't work, but it's not that the stem cells aren't working. It's that the doctor who's doing it isn't doing it right.
0: So, do you have any tips on finding a doctor and looking for exactly uh, somebody that's certified or capable yeah, of doing? Yeah, there's that? no
1: certification for it. Yeah, because you know it doesn't exist at this point. But you'd want to see somebody who's been doing it. Uh, you would want someone who's using ultrasound. I wouldn't have anybody doing on, doing it on me without ultrasound. And some folks are who don't use ultrasound if they're treating a knee, which is the most common joint that gets treated. They'll put a needle into the knee, inject all the stem cells through that one needle, which goes into the center of the knee joint. Mm. And they're saying it's going to treat the whole knee. Well, it doesn't. It's treating the center of the knee joint. It's mm. not treating all of the muscles around the knee. It's not treating the ligaments and the, and the tendons. And it's not treating much of the cartilage either. So you're not getting a whole treatment. And that's why I would pretty much r- suggest a person always do it with someone who's using ultrasound or at least some other x-ray modality so they know where they're putting that needle.
0: So do you have a list of questions that people should be asking when they're looking for the right treatment and the right person to handle that treatment?
1: I, mean, I think there should be a good evaluation, not just a physical examination, but you know, MRIs are very good at determining what's going on. CT scans are useful. X-rays have limited use, ultrasound can be extremely useful. So with ultrasound, which we use, you can see the muscles, you can see the ligaments, you can see the tendons and the cartilage, and you can make out very fine abnormalities in these tissues. An ultrasound in the right hand sees it better than an MRI does. Hmm. MRI is better at looking at bones and and nerve and nerve compressions, but, but an ultrasound is better at determining the fine structure of muscle and tendon tissue.
0: Uh, And actually, along that line. uh, And then what would the difference between a CAT scan or a PET scan be while we're talking about ultrasounds, MRIs? Oh, okay.
1: Well, CAT scans, at least from an orthopedic standpoint, have been largely replaced by MRIs, which give you better definition. Hmm. Uh, And in orthopedic situations, CAT scans and MRIs are done generally without contrast. If you're looking for cancer, you need contrast. If you're not looking and you're just looking for degeneration, You don't need contrast, so it's an easier procedure and a safer procedure. Um, PET scans are different because that's basically a a procedure to determine cancer.
0: Oh, okay. So if
1: you're treating somebody for cancer and you want to find out, has it gone somewhere, uh, you know, has the breast cancer gone into the chest, into the brain, or something like that, you do a PET scan because that can pick up tissue that's cancerous, will accept radioactive glucose, which is what you're measuring on that scan. So it's it's used a lot in following up cancer patients.
0: Okay, I appreciate you discussing the difference between those. Um, Has traditional medicine come around to recommending stem cell therapy more often yet?
1: To a degree, yeah. We get referrals mostly from other patients, but also from naturopaths, from physical therapy people, Occasionally, an orthopedist, though well, usually not, you know, an orthopedist who lives through surgery is going to be doing surgery. He's not usually going to be wanting to lose his patients to someone who's giving them stem cells. Right. Uh, you know, and the surgery can be healing. It can be, you know, really wonderful if it's really necessary. But we've seen many people who were told by an orthopedist, you need a new knee. and We look at them and we ultrasound them and we check their mobility. You don't need a new knee. You know, you need your cartilage worked on, and you need this, that, and the other, but you don't need a new knee.
0: Interesting that you can see the full uh, treatment there, and I, good luck. I hope that, um, you know, the stem cell treatments really uh, get on the board with FDA in the future. Thank you for everything you're doing, and thank you so much for your time, and uh, we look forward to having you on again. But in the meantime, you can catch more of Dr. Sassen on his website iprogressivemed.com and learn more about his passion for alternative medicine and the other great things he's involved with. Thank you. Thanks Kim. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.